everyone, and welcome to The Periodic Table, episode 28, The Romney Roll. I'm Aaron Butler, and I approve this podcast. Recorded August 23rd, 2012, and brought to you by Element Opie Productions. ElementOpie.com. Welcome back to us. I would say welcome back to the audience, but the audience never went anywhere. We're the ones who've been gone. So uh, true. And it's good to be back. Your weird, wild news, uh, and maybe some serious stuff accidentally, if I, if I got the wrong news article in there. Welcome back to the periodic table, everybody. Uh, and uh, I will introduce, actually before, I, I don't remember, do I introduce the people first or the element first? I think Usually I do the, you go right into the element. I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go right into the element, because this is the 28th episode of the periodic table. Therefore, we talk about the 28th element on the periodic table. Which is I a, say something while you're doing this interrupt right, you, and interrupt and you me. say the voice yeah. you've already heard is yeah, Aaron Butler. Something like that. And uh, the voice you've already... No. Uh, we're all very familiar with the 28th element. At least Americans. I don't know about other countries. But it's nickel. And we, we like to say, if I had a nickel for every time somebody mentioned nickel on a podcast. Used to be a penny, but... I'd have roughly you. eight and a half cents. Uh, nickel, as we all know, is a silvery white metal that takes on a high polish. It's hard, malleable, ductile, somewhat ferromagnetic, and a fair conductor of both heat and electricity. Nickel is found as a constituent in most meteorites and often serves as one of the criteria for distinguishing a meteorite from other minerals that just happen to be in the ground. There we go. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, and by the way, the U.S. nickel currently contains right around 25% nickel. The rest is air. Yes. Because that's what it's worth now. Just kidding. Well, you know, Avril Lavigne got engaged this week to the lead singer for Nickelback in a related story. (laughs) (laughs) And that... In the Canadian news. (laughs) That bizarre comment right there comes to you courtesy of Mr. Aaron Butler, the former fat guy. Hiya, Aaron. How is you? I'm fantastic, Mark. I am happy to be here. Great. I'm glad that you're happy to be here. I'm happy to be here. And also joining us this week is listener-turned-podcaster Jim Redneck Beeson. Hi, Jim. How? My apologies uh, in advance. For you? Whatever. For whatever. For whatever may happen. (laughs) We just need a little less this. You just gestured to all of me. Two words. Yes, I did. Two words, plausible deniability. <laughs> That's what we strive for in this show. And uh, Sean Keibel was going to be with us, but uh, is not. Let's see. But Mark, you have an in-studio guest. I do. I have an in-studio guest who is is mute, who refuses to be seen or heard. Um, sadly, only when I'm podcasting. Um, that is my wife. You still got the spare bedroom for you, Mark. Still got the spare bedroom for you. I may be needing it after tonight. <laughs> That's Mrs. Element Opie is here with us. So, uh, welcome to my wife, Barbara. Miss EO. Miss what? EO. Oh, yes. EO. Um, okay. Let's get on with the, well, actually, before we do that, we should mention that the reason we were gone, because I didn't mention it on this show, I mentioned it on other shows, assuming that most of our audience 
um, for this show listens to other shows. The reason we were gone for like three months, well, A, my cable connection back in Texas sucked. We remember that, right? So we canceled like the last two weeks just because I got tired of messing with it. Uh, but uh, then there were uh, about 12 weeks there where I was in the process of great transition. I moved from uh, northeast Texas to northwest Georgia. I, yes, he did. I am in the Atlanta area now, a suburb of Atlanta called Woodstock. Sadly, there are no uh, shirtless hippies here. Wait. Gladly, there are no shirtless hippies here, um, <laughs> but uh, I have started working. Uh, I've I left my career in uh, uh, education technology as a network administrator and moved to a new career in the healthcare industry uh, with a certain insane person I know by the name of Aaron Butler. That would be me. He uh, he basically it's a great story. He got me the job before I knew there was a job. He uh, pretty much called me up and said, hey, we have a job, and I just submitted your resume. Expect an interview call. And I said, thanks. That was about it. <laughs> and two weeks later, he showed up for the job. Yeah. That's about <laughs> it. And it was, they called me, that was Friday before Memorial Day that he gave me that call. The Tuesday after Memorial Day, I had the interview. The Wednesday, the next day, I had the job offer. And two weeks later, I was in Georgia. Yes, he was. <laughs> so it would it was a quick sort of thing. But we're back now. I am in the Pod Pod 3.0, the basement pod, the sub pod, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I, we have rented Base a pod. house here. Base pod. I like it. Uh, we've rented a, a, a house here in Georgia. And uh, instead of a garage studio, I now have a basement studio. If you're watching on camera, you can uh, see the rafters behind me that I still have yet to cover in some way. Uh, by the way, we do this show every Thursday night. At 9 p.m. Central, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, if you'd like to listen in. Any other comments before we move on with the news? There is a little symmetry with this show. Last time we tried to do this, it was the same three of us when you finally threw up your hands and said, I give up. Oh, really? Uh, That's great. I didn't remember that. (laughs) I think we tried, what, seven or eight times? Yeah, it was ridiculous. It It was a number of drops. Like, yeah, five to ten drops in... A half an hour's time. Yeah, well, we got about three to four minutes in between. Yeah. That was, it was about it. three or four minutes in between drops, and it, it was undoable. And by drops, I mean my internet connection just went away, just gone for like 90 seconds, and it would come back. Now, 90 seconds isn't, uh, you know, world-shaking, but it sure manages to mess up a Skype call and a podcast. Yeah. And a conversation. Yeah. And that'd be one thing we could we, what we could have done is we could have simulated that i was on the moon jim was on mars and you were on earth and we were having a great you know a satellite delayed conversation like they do and they're broadcasting from around the world and they have a three second delay every time and the person just does this a lot for those that aren't looking at the stream, i'm nodding with my hand on my ear right oh oh like they do on the news right uh, okay thank Paul. you uber geek for telling me that i forgot to turn off the crawler on the stream which i always do every time we do a show actually does <laughs> you know what we need do. mark we need to buy we need to go buy a 99 dollars pc somewhere with a monitor put it up in front of you with the sole purpose of so you can see the stream yeah, so i can watch the stream and see what's happening that would be great it really would and it would be nice too just so you know what who's on camera you know because they don't know what you're going through to do this stream they don't realize the fact that, that you are the tight one and that we're using free technology and I'm suddenly super pixel now. I don't know what happened, but um, 
that you're actually clicking on the different panes in Google Hangout manually to make it jump around. We've got them all muted. So, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I we are definitely doing things the Taiwan way around here. So this first story of the night, I, I almost wasn't going to cover it because when I first read it. I was sort of disgusted and thought, Ugh. and then I thought, well, maybe, maybe for the scumbag of the week. And then I thought, you know, maybe, I don't know. The more I thought about it, the more my opinion vacillated on this story. So uh, let me jump right in. I'm putting the link in the show notes for, or in the chat room for those who want to watch. Uh, the um, headline is that police say three daycare workers were arrested uh, for what the journalists are calling uh, a fight club of toddlers in a daycare. Uh, they were forcing kids to fight, allegedly. Wow. We're, not, we're not reporters. We can't say that. Uh, so here's the way this goes. Apparently, um, it was an organized battle between two toddlers, uh, roughly three years old, and the daycare workers uh, videotaped it. And these kids were punching each other in the face, um, just pounding on each other, while the adults uh, stood around and laughed at them and recorded it on their cell phones. And uh, somehow the video came to light and uh, it uh, became a big deal. This happened actually months ago, but it was just last week that uh, the video came to light. Uh, So uh, let me just read uh, the first introductory bit there. An organized battle between two toddlers that police say was encouraged by three daycare daycare workers was videotaped and resulted in their arrest. And this is in Dover, Delaware. Uh, the Hands of Our Future LLC Daycare uh, was uh, named at the site of the coordinated fight. Um, Tina Harris, 49, uh, Lisa Parker, 47, and Estefania Myers, 21, um, were each charged with two counts of second-degree assault and reckless endangering, nine counts of endangering the welfare of a child, and, cons- and conspiracy. Uh, so the, apparently on the video... Uh, the uh, one of the boys or children doesn't say boys. One of the children uh, tried to walk away and say, "I'm tired of this. I don't want. I don't want to fight anymore." And the people literally physically pushed him back into the fight. Man. So yeah, my first reaction when I read that was, "What these these jerks? These scumbags? These words that I don't want to say on the air?" Um, but the more I thought about it. The more I thought, you know, we don't know the whole story here. Maybe these were two kids that were always fighting anyway, and they just finally said, fine, get it out of your system. You know, parents used to do that. In fact, when I was in elementary school, about third grade, our principal did that. I had a a, a boy in school that we were always uh, having trouble, and he gave us a pair of boxing gloves and said, go at it. And so the more I thought about it, the more I thought, you know, this is not, in today's society, they're, they're criminals, but 50 years ago, that was just called dealing with your troubles. Well, what, I don't what do you know, for about a three-year-old, I mean, I understand what you're saying, the old school. You know, we, we had that happen a few times in, in PE where they stuck the gloves on some people on the fight it out. But A, they didn't have gloves. And B, they're three. You know, they're, they're not going to learn a lesson from this other than my teachers like it when I fight. Yeah. I don't but, know. But also, how much damage can a three-year-old do? Well, I don't know probably a good bit <laughs> well and, and and the uh daycare workers are going to record this and put it on youtube and you know that's i, I when you were reading that i was struck by something that a, a elderly gentleman told me back in like 1980 
and it really rings true today. And that to me, it, it what it is, is, uh, he said the same things that I grew up with, you're growing up with now. The only difference is because of technology, more people know about it because more yeah. people are putting it out there. Well, I, so, I just look at it. If, if, if Nathaniel was, was three and I picked him up from daycare and he had a black eye and I said, what happened? And they said, well, he got in a little scuffle with a kid. And then I went home that night and happened to have a mutual friend and saw a YouTube video of my son fighting at daycare and the and the supervision people that were supposed to be watching him and taking care of him laughing about it. I would not be happy. You know, that, that, that's just, I wouldn't be happy. I wouldn't necessarily want them to go to jail for the rest of their life. Maybe for 30 days. I'd be okay with that. I, I think they should definitely no longer ever work in a daycare facility again. Right. And, and speaking of kids fighting, Mark, I told you this story already, so uh, Jim will have to hear it, and then the people in the chat room and people listen to the, M the MP3 later and any other way that you want to listen to it. Uh, my son is six, and he's he's a little firecracker. If you've ever met him, he's quite the ball of energy, very strong-willed, um, but also extremely smart, <laughs> almost to the point that it's kind of scary sometimes because of the things he comes up with. So my wife and he... And one of his little friends and his friend's mom all go out to um, eat dinner at a controversial fast food place. <clears throat> I would guess which one it is, uh, because that that horrible fast food place supports her local elementary school by. Do they hate gay places. people? Does this fast food place oh, that, hate that, gays and and that, and uh, and they serve polo? <laughs> But they do give a portion of the proceeds um, a few times a year to the local elementary school, so they have what they call spirit night, and you go down there and you eat, and they give it. So my wife looks over in time to see Nathaniel punch his friend and calls him over. Nathaniel, what are you doing? You can't hit. You know that. And he said, I'm doing what they told us to do at school. The school I'm following the school rules, Mom. And my wife said, what are you talking about? And he said, at school, they always tell us you treat others the way you want to be treated. Grant hit me, so he must have wanted to have been hit. <laughs> I was like, what do you say? That's okay. unimpeachable logic. You can't argue with him. <laughs> well, let's talk about the spirit of the law here. <laughs> this is the letter of it, Nathaniel. I think what the idea is is you treat other people nicely so they'll treat you that way, not give back as good as you get. <laughs> he was do unto others serious. before they have a chance to do unto you. That's the right. golden rule. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. So that that was that was my recent boxing match story with my son. Uh, that's funny. Well, okay, moving right on. We're, we'll we'll leave the uh, uh, daycare workers alone. There, they uh, are candidates though for scumbag of the week. They are. I think they are. Uh, this next one, I I don't want to impeach the source necessarily, uh, but I would say that that it comes from a website called Gawker. Um, uh, which is not n always known for being uh, vigilant in checking their sources. And I had a hard time finding the original sources. Uh, everybody was pointing at some other story. It was that kind of thing. But uh, uh, according to this, in Nottinghamshire, uh, England, uh, the city council did an experiment. They sent an 18-year-old out to buy alcohol with a fake ID with a picture of Bobby Hill from King of the Hill on it. Now, Daddy, I don't know why they won't sell me the bear. I just I went into the store and tried to buy it. And they wouldn't sell it to me. 6 a.m. and already the boy ain't right. So uh, he uh, it was a picture of Bobby Hill, and the date on the ID said he was 17 years old. So if they had, <laughs> for some reason, believed that he was Bobby Hill, 
It said he was 17 years old. He went to 22 different stores. Six of them sold him beer. Wow. Now, that's, it said, uh, I think three of them didn't even bother to look at the ID, but three of them looked at the ID, carded the guy, had a picture of Bobby Hill from King of the Hill, and said, all right, looks good to me, 20 bucks. <laughs> you think they just thought, this guy's got some real cojones. <laughs> yeah, maybe. If he's willing to hand me that, I'm willing to sell him the beer. <clears throat> Now, I think it's interesting because Nottinghamshire has come up a few times before, and they're always beer-related stories. This was the place where the guy uh, robbed a convenience store, and the police followed the trail of the can of beers to his uh, apartment to arrest him. Uh, And then there was another beer-related story that came from there. So this place clearly loves their beer, uh, but uh, the city council would like them not to sell it to 17-year-old cartoon characters. Yeah, this is is a questionable article, like you said, Mark. Um, the last line says, we're warning shops, so we're considering using a child with a fake ID following the results of this exercise. <laughs> <laughs> but a picture maybe maybe your it. son will be available for that, Aaron. Yeah. He wouldn't be scared to try it. Yeah, so I, I again, I'm, I'm not entirely sure that this is not, you know, in a couple of days going to come out as a, ha we got you. But still, it's a funny thing to talk about. It was funny. If it wouldn't have been King of the Hill, if it would have just been a, um, you know, a, a thing where they they did a sting operation, that wouldn't yeah. have been that funny. But this, that, that was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the next story on the list, sticking with the theme of children, uh, this is, uh, <laughs> of course, the obvious headline is "Who's Your Daddy," but that's almost cheap to to use <laughs> such an obvious headline. Uh, but in New York City, only in New York, New York City get a rope um there is um a company called mr genealogy who drives around an r uh, uh, uh an rv handing out uh dna tests paternity tests um just yeah, it's like an ice cream truck people flag it down pick me pick me and so they get a blood test and right there on the spot for depending on the test somewhere between three and five hundred dollars you'll get a paternity an immediate uh instant dna test man i wonder what music he plays <laughs> daddy daddy i hear the dna truck <laughs> who's your daddy i'm not sure let's go see Daddy, can I mean, we go get just... our blood drawn, please, please? No, honey, we did that three times last week. No, please, come on, I want my blood drawn. You're starting to look pale now, shut up. <laughs> I cut myself shaving and only air came out last night. Give me a break. Um, <laughs> it's He says that uh, most of the time uh, it's um, bad news. It's people wanting the child to be theirs, and it's not. Um, he said there's a lot of military personnel who the kid was born while they were deployed and they, they're not terribly good at math and they want to make sure. And so they, they show up with their kid, uh, and have the test. But, uh, you know, this is, uh, capitalism at its finest right there. See a need, fill a need, right? I just wonder if it's admissible in court. Admissible in court. I'm sure it is. It's a legal DNA test. You talk telling about the story about doing the math that makes me think of an, an old friend of mine who's who bore her son, carried her son before she bore him for ten months. And she went to the doctor. This was back in the day when they didn't have the very regular prenatal visits and all that. 
And she told the doctor, I'm getting a little concerned. I'm, you know, I'm just hitting 10 months today and I should have had the baby already. And the doctor said, no, it hasn't been 10 months. You know, we probably just miscalculated your date. She said, no, it's been 10 months. He said, it, you know, the calculation is an approximation. She said, my husband was home from Vietnam for three days. It's been 10 months. <laughs> <laughs> and she carried him 10 months to the day and had him. And he's, he's about six, seven, about 400 pounds now. <laughs> he just wasn't ready yet. He wasn't he was baked. Just, he, just, he just just gestated to extra long because he was going to be extra big. That's awesome. <laughs> there's there's a very fine line of when it's going to be within three days. Exactly. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, okay, so moving right along to a story that doesn't have anything to do with anything. I'm calling this one, Notice to All Whiners. Shut up! A man who is a quadruple amputee, as in no arms and no legs. His name is Felipe Croizon. Croizon swam the Bering Strait with no arms and no legs. Wow. So anybody out there who's on a worker's comp claim right now, get up and go to work. Well, he does have some arms and legs. <laughs> He's got stumps. He does. I mean, he, it, just being honest, if he had none, he wouldn't be able to do it at all. Uh, but he has, he has some. He has... Uh, Res residuals, like, they call those. Yeah, yeah uh, vestigial. He, he was uh, electrocuted, and um, that happens. The uh, electricity doesn't make the bends in the joints and just shoots right out. And I've I've sadly seen evidence of that in my life. And uh, the, at the elbows, usually, and at the knees, it's gone. He's got, uh, uh, looks like, yeah, just above the elbow and just above the knee is where his arms are gone. Um, he's a French... Uh, uh, it doesn't say what he used to do or what everybody says. He had never swum before. He's 44 years old, had never swum before, uh, and he's only the second person ever to swim the Bering Strait. And, oh, yeah, he's a quadruple amputee. Wow. Now he said the, he's, he's actually swum all four um, of the, the, the famous channels around the world. The, the Bering Strait was the hardest because – he has six foot swells, Arctic waters, and heavy fog. Even though it was only it was only two miles. Yeah, just a couple miles. Wow. So there's lots of pictures of it and uh, some video of it, and uh, he's actually got amazingly good form considering he doesn't have full limbs. But wow. neat story. Thought it was interesting. Thought I'd bring mm -hmm. it to you. So, you know, if you're, if I, I complain about my bad knees and my injured back, uh, I read this story and I wanted to go lift a truck or something because I have <laughs> nothing to complain about. I have no reason to be whining. Amen. All right. And my, it's going to be a commentator at the, uh, the French at the Paralympic games. Interesting. Cool. So in addition to being a, Incredible athlete. He's also quite well-spoken, apparently. In French. You have to say his name way up in your nose, Mark. I mean, above your eyes. <laughs> well, then it sounds like a breakfast sandwich. <laughs> okay, and, and this one is uh, a, just a bizarre story, but I picked it up because uh, it sort of fits with uh, a couple of stories we've done before, and this is, you know, elderly murderers. 
we've had a few of those. We had the lady who murdered her husband and buried him in the garden. Uh, this yep. is in uh, Santa Ana, California. Um, uh, Leo, uh, William Leo McDougall was in the hospital uh, recovering from something. I don't think it says in here. Uh, and he had a 94-year-old. He's 83 years old. Uh, his uh, roommate in the hospital room um, uh, is 94 years old, Vietnamese man. Uh, they were both uh, in recovery. And in sort of a drug-induced, we assume, state, the the 83-year-old man took a large stick, maybe a cane or a crutch, they're not sure, uh, and bludgeoned the man to death, the Vietnamese man to death, while he slept. Um, he said uh, that he thought he was singing, and the singing was annoying him. Man. So, apparently this guy just has mental problems. Yeah, the story does say he does uh, have a, a history of that. And again, you add of to that. bludgeoning people while they're slinging of, of mental disorders. Oh, yeah, okay. he bludgeoned three people just last week. Um, but it, to, uh, you know, to add to that, the fact that, you know, when you're, when you're coming out of anesthesia, you, you're not sure what's real and what isn't, uh, there, there's no, you know, this is just, there's nothing good about the story. It's all, uh, it was 90, uh, a day before the guy's 95th birthday. Uh, he got, to... go ahead, Mark. No, you go ahead. Uh, he, he got smashed in the head. A nurse saw it and was running to it. But by the time she got there. Uh, the uh, injuries were already so severe that uh, that he w- he died. In an attempt to bring some levity to a horrible, tragic situation, I'm going to make a totally tasteless joke and say that apparently he's going to get 16 years of life, so he's going to get like 16 to 2. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's 83. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying that. Yeah. That, I thought that was interesting. Kind of you know, a life sentence for an 83-year-old man. If he, if he serves all 16 years, he'll be 97. When he gets ninety nine, he's eighty three. He said, "Oh, that's right, ninety nine. Yeah, I can't do math." That's what I'm saying. He's he got sixteen to five years. <laughs> to 16. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, that is that's that's horrible. That's that's terrible for. I mean, that's one of those senseless, senseless tragedies that affects every. You know, it, the people it doesn't affect is the man because he's if he's obviously a little bit out of his mind, he probably doesn't even know where he's at or if he's in jail or not. Obviously, the dead guy doesn't care right now that he's dead in the sense that, that, but the families, both families, it's just horrible. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's, I'm calling it a tragic meme. There's, there's this bizarre uh, um, trend of old murderers. (laughs) I just, it's weird. All right, let's move on. Probably another, probably another instance, just like uh, Jim said. Uh, this has probably happened since time in memoriam. Right. We just, just didn't know about we it. We just now get to know about it, thanks to the wonders oh. of the internet. So let's uh, let's move on to something we can all be morally outraged about, because that's a good thing. Uh, in Prague, Oklahoma, uh, the valedictorian of, la- of last summer's graduating class. Oh, yeah. Um, arrived, uh, went to the school this summer to get her diploma. It hadn't been mailed to her like it was supposed to or whatever, and she went to show up. And uh, the uh, principal said that you're not going to get your diploma uh, until you issue an apology. Um, and the apology was for uh, saying hell in her valedictory address. Um, he, I'll read the quote. 
when we first started school, um, I wanted to be a nurse and then a veterinarian. And now that I'm getting closer to graduation, people would ask me, what do you want to do? And she said, well, how the hell do I know? I've changed my mind so many times. Um, and said in the uh, speech that she um, had submitted previously for approval, the word was heck. And in the moment, she said hell. The audience laughed. They applauded. She went on. Nobody thought anything about it until three months later when the school says she can't get her diploma uh, until she issues a written apology to the school uh, and the community. My take on that is screw the diploma. Who needs it? It's just a piece of paper. She's got the transcript. They can't keep that from her. Right. It's against the law. So uh, who cares if she gets a diploma? I don't even know where mine is, I, if I even still have it. I actually set a drink on mine while I was in college and got a water ring on it. I threw it away. <laughs> but that being said, what, what really frustrates me about stories like this is how much mental bandwidth and taxpayers' money have they spent over this yeah when they should have just said ah, i wish you wouldn't have done that and that been the end of it right because you know what's going to happen this year every single kid in that school is going to say hell every day that's right you know she's just started a trend no that had no nobody probably even remembers that she said that um, except because of this uh, that, that should totally have been one of those huh moments yeah, it's an, oh my gosh, you mean an 18-year-old girl didn't make exactly the right decision 100% of the time? That's shocking. Really? My gosh. Call the inquirer. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm I'm not mad at her. Jim's passion when he said that just made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I just think the, the, the school district is, they're just being idiots. Get over it, Prague, Oklahoma. And in her, she... Uh, change the name of your city to a real place. Says a make-believe place. <laughs> Prague. Who believe that's a real place? Nobody's ever heard of a place called Prague. Uh, she uh, she issued a statement, which I thought issued uh, uh, showed more class than uh, anything I saw uh, from the uh, school district. First off, I'd like to thank everyone who's backing me on this, especially my friends and family. And to those don't, who don't agree with me, that's fine also. Everyone is entitled to their own opinion and is free to comment however they choose. It's one of the great advantages of living in a free country, a country where we're free to speak. I would also like to note that I do not hate Prague. I've loved the town since I was a child. I don't hate the school either. The teachers have always been great. I don't feel that the whole town should suffer for the mistakes of a few. Again, thanks. Smiley face. Sweet. So there's a young lady with class and dignity and obviously brains if she was a valedictorian. She will do fine in life whether they give her a stupid piece of paper or not. Right. Yep. Another instance of uh, somebody feeling like they need to kind of s to show their swagger. You know, how yeah. dare she? How dare she? Yeah. It's it's little man syndrome, right? It's, it's the, um, I have to exert power because I have no real power, so I have to make up. It's, it's HOA syndrome. Yeah, and, and think about this. I bet by now somebody's already scanned their di uh, diploma, put her name on it, and print out a better copy than what she would have gotten from the school. I hope they have. <laughs> I hope they have. That's awesome. Yeah, she, uh, uh, Uber Geek in the chat room says, make up a diploma. I graduated from the Awesome Town School of Awesome. Here's my diploma. Right. It's got a picture of Bobby Hill on it. <laughs> Holding a beer. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> okay. 
And uh, speaking of a woman who is getting more attention than she deserves, uh, Madonna, now no no con- no stranger to controversy, has been the the um, target of a number of lawsuits for a number of reasons. Now, um, pretty much. Well, I started to say the entire country of Russia, but that's ridiculous. A small group of Russian anti-gay activists uh, are suing her. So um, it's not as popular to be gay in Russia as it is in the, in the U.S., apparently. Uh, Madonna did a show there uh, and was handing out pink uh, anti-homophobia wristbands wrist to the crowd uh, and told the audience to, quote, fight for the right to be free. Uh, in response to a new regulation adopted in St. Petersburg, uh, in which saw the city's uh, gay pride parade banned because it, mm. it promoted gay lifestyles and, quote, propagation of homosexuality. So they, they used to have uh, a gay pride parade. Now they can't. And Madonna decided to stick her nose into it. I don't know why it's any of her business. But now she's being sued to the tune of $10.5 million. Uh, well, well, it was rubles. It was rubles. She could just pay it out of out of her, out of her back pocket. But uh, it, it might but, have been pocket change to her in like '87. But she's I mean, still pretty popular, Mark. She's yeah. a. Yeah, somebody was talking about on the radio the other day who is who had more cachet, her or Elton John? And one person was like, Elton John. Elton John's written all these great songs. I mean, he's a he's a musician. Blah, blah, blah. And then the the one person pulled it up, Google it, Googled it, and Madonna sold like. 440 million albums and Elton John sold like 320 and been at it 20 years longer. So you know, then the question is who has had more influence? And the answer is Avril Lavigne because she's engaged to the guy from Nickelback. <laughs> <laughs> but there's only yeah. 25% nickel in that back. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well the, the funny part is, I don't know what, what, what we, can we, Get somebody on the phone that's a uh, international lawyer that can tell us how that actually works. You know, can they sue a citizen of the United States and it stand up in court? I guess they could get a finding against her and send her a, a very strongly worded letter. Yes. Well, uh, maybe. I mean, there there is no, I, I guess, right to free speech in uh, Saint Petersburg, so she can't uh, stand on her um, her rights there. Um, I don't know. It seems it's stupid all the way around. It was stupid of her to do it. It's none of her business. And I understand celebrities like to stand up for causes, yeah, whatever. Um, I, I just think handing out pink wristbands doesn't change anybody's life. Uh, I don't. I don't understand these movements. They all of these movements. It's just dumb. Whatever your cause is, stop it. Go out and actually do something instead of handing out wristbands. That's not serving any. You're not raising awareness for anything. You want to make a difference? Give money to uh, research for something. Give money to an activist organization who's who's fighting to change the laws. Don't wear stupid pink wristbands. But Mark, Donna, Madonna obviously made an impact with her stupid pink wristband. She got sued for it. Yeah. <laughs> And she raised awareness so that now all of our listeners here on the Element OP Network can do what about it? Well, let me let me tell you this. This this quote from the guy, the main guy that's suing her, the leader of this group, kind of sums it up. The leader of the group. Alexei Kolokov claimed, maybe some, I can try to do it in a Russian accent if you want. Maybe do someone, it in your does not, someone does not see the link, but after Madonna's, I'm suddenly doing like Russian. That German. was like bad right. Schwarzenegger is what that was. 
But after Madonna's concert, maybe some boy becomes gay, some girl becomes a lesbian. Fewer children are born as a result. And this big country cannot defend its borders. For me, it causes moral suffering. So that's why they're suing Madonna. It's Madonna's fault if Russia collapses. So some guy was like, you know, I'm not gay. I'm totally, totally hetero. hetero. But this pink wristband is nice. You know what? I'm gay. Turns out I'm gay. Thank you, Madonna, for making me gay. Exactly. And because of that, I'm not going to have any kids to, to uh, defend the borders of Russia in 20 years. That's right. <laughs> oh, that's just silly. Next. <laughs> now, I, I'm not gay. I know people who are, and I'm pretty sure that's not how it works. Just for the record. <laughs> but I agree. All right. Sounds like a show title to me. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> that's not how it works. That's not how I'll it put works. it down. I got it. Okay. And the next one that I'm I'm going to do, I'm calling a true higher education. Well, wow. I really should click these links sooner because now the page is loading. In Houston, I got an Ailey's Independent things. School District teacher Thank you. is accused of carrying not one, not two, not 10, not 20, not 40, but 53 pounds of marijuana in her car as she traveled on Interstate 10 in Louisiana. Now, if you know your plants and you know your minerals and you know your elements, marijuana is not. It doesn't weigh a lot. Lead. Yeah. So 53 pounds of marijuana, I'm guessing, is a sizable cache it's of marijuana. It's a trunk full of marijuana. <laughs> I, can, I can tell you from uh, somebody. Jim can tell us by, from experience. How, how, much, how much pot have you carried around at one time, Jim? Not, not much, but I do know that 50 pounds becomes a Class C felony. 49 yeah. is a Class A misdemeanor. So she's in some deep duty. The marijuana had a street value of $120,000. So she's from and Houston. Who is there somebody on the show from Houston? I'm from Odessa. I just oh. happened to land down here. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm from around Houston. <laughs> Uber Geek, who, who apparently is an expert on the weight of marijuana, uh, says that it's a garbage bag full. That 53 pounds is a garbage. Of course, there's all kinds of garbage bag. Is it the big black one? Uber Geek, or is, it, or is it the, the tall kitchen white one? Uh, which one is it? Cause, it's got to be the 33-gallon yard one. It's got to be. <laughs> so, uh, clearly, oh, I mean, it says right there in the article, Mark. If we'd have just read the article. Oh. A police dog alerted the officers to narcotics inside the car, and the search revealed the marijuana in two duffel bags. Two duffel bags. Wow. So, uh, there's only one reason you're carrying 53 pounds of marijuana. That's to sell it. Nobody uses you know, she can't say I've got glaucoma. Uh, Tony 50- Horton the other day when I was watching P90X, he said, you don't have to have weights. You don't have to have exercise bands. Just pick up something heavy and move it. 53 and pounds of did. marijuana. That she was working out. That's what it was. It no, was a- no. She she watched Cheech and Chong's old movies and wanted to make one of those big joints. <laughs> <laughs> and then what, what is your defense to that? Um, that's not mine. <laughs> that's sort of the classic line, right? How'd that's that get say, there? You got me. That's all you say. You got me. <laughs> so I have a feeling that when school starts, when uh, Elsick High School in uh, Houston starts up this week, she's not going to be in the classroom. No, she's on administrative leave. <laughs> and yeah, that, that particular school district will do that very quickly and permanently. Administrative leave. So they didn't even have the balls to fire her. I don't care who you are. If you're caught with 53 pounds of marijuana in your trunk, you should be fired from your teaching job. That's all I have to say about that. 
Well, you know, Mark, uh, Mark we're, we're dealing with a union process. Here. You know union rules. There are no unions in Texas. Unions are illegal in Texas. Uh, I don't think there's any marijuana unions anyway. Unions. They're all over the place down here. No, they're not teachers' unions. They're organizations. They're not unions. They call themselves unions. Uh, you know, any whatever it is, that's what it is. You join up or they talk to you afterwards. <laughs> yes. I thought you were talking about the marijuana union, but I wasn't sure. <laughs> it's due process, Mark. We're in the United States. You get your due process. In fact, I think I might have mentioned on the show before, the right before I moved, I believe, right before, right after I moved here to Atlanta, a guy in a courtroom took a gun off of a deputy and shot the judge in the courtroom in front of witnesses with cameras rolling. And they had to take him to trial and prove that he did it. Well, see, that's different. That's legal process. This is losing her job. She should have lost her job. Oh, Period. End of discussion. What if she, but, what if she was not found not guilty then? Not guilty of having <laughs> 53 pounds of marijuana in the trunk that the police are now holding in their hands? How are you not guilty of that? Okay, Uber geek did, called it did, in the, in the chat room. He says it was the principal's marijuana. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's, that's I like that. He's in her on a special mission. <laughs> I've got a little in-service for you. <laughs> okay, moving right along. Uh, this comes from uh, a listener who uh, is uh, known for sending us good topics and, and actually Corey. was, was going to be on tonight, but I thought we were full up because Sean was supposed to be here and he's not here. So, Corey, you could have been on. Sorry about that, brother. Um, this is uh, in quick. Somebody look it up because I just lost it. Um, I'm pulling it up. Hang on a second. Hold on just a second. Somewhere. It's in Philadelphia. It's in Philadelphia. <laughs> Thank you. At least it's NBC Philadelphia. There, reporting. There's somewhere that I've forgotten where it is. Uh, there, here's the way it is. There's a lady who gives Chester out Township. free lunches. Okay. And it's a, it's a government-sanctioned um, program. She uses some government money. She uses some private money. But she feeds uh, roughly 60 kids uh, a day. Free food, yes, particularly during the summer uh, when the schools don't have their school lunch programs. Uh, there are, you know, there are, I, saw, I saw them every day when I worked in education, kids who only eat at school. Um, there, there are lots of them. It's sad that there's hunger in the richest country in the history of the world, but it's true. So um, she's, uh, she's got a letter from the city saying, oh, by the way, you don't have a permit to do this. Shut it down, or we're going to fine you $600. It's cheaper than paying for the $1,000 application for the permit. <laughs> Could be. Yeah, but then well, they'll just fine her again. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is another instance of just the uh, power-hungry people. I mean, what got, what, how does this make sense? The guy that's in charge of this should just say, we're waiving your application fee. Oh, look, here's your application. We approve it. Continue to serve our community and feed 60 kids out of your house. Yeah, that's the problem. It's, it's out of her house. It's zoned as a residential area. You're not allowed to to run that kind of facility. It's not a business because she's not making any money, but it's a it's a, a service facility. And, and a member of uh, a representative of the city said, quote, we're not here to go after her or to hurt her, or to take money from her, to prevent her from feeding kids that need the food. Then what the heck are you there for? Because that's exactly what you're doing, you freaking moron. Exactly. Bill Pissarek, prom- appropriately named <laughs> Pissarek, the Chester Township business manager. 
basically the properties in the R3 residential zone. We can't have this happening in R3 zone. R4, maybe I could let you buy. But R3, no way. Because if we let her give out free food, everybody want to give out free food. And before you know it, there won't be any hungry kids on welfare. And we can't have that. Crazy. Hey. So does that mean then that uh, I can't go over to your house and have dinner because you'd be giving me free food? Only uh, if you bring 59 of your friends. <laughs> and you got to do it every week. Okay. So anyway, uh, this is stupid. And moving on, I'm calling this one, I'm calling this one driver barely misses moose. And yes, that's a pun. Oslo, Norway. Because clearly this doesn't happen in Houston, Texas. A Norwegian driver was on a rural road. He swerved to avoid running into a moose and hit a bear instead. I don't think I hate it really, when that happens. I don't think we really even need to do anything more on that story. That one sentence pretty well comes it covers it. Well, the odds of this though, if you read the stats here, country the country nearly the size of Germany, but home to just five million people, has a hundred thousand moose and a hundred and fifty brown bears. Hundred forty nine now apparently. Um <laughs> That's one that, less bear for you. You know, I could just I could see swerving to miss one moose and hitting another, but the odds right. of hitting the bear, that guy should go buy a lottery ticket. Yeah. <laughs> That's like being hit by lightning <laughs> on your way to claim your winning lottery ticket. It's like my it's my sister in law who got a speeding ticket on the way to defensive driving. <laughs> True story. So he's just driving along. Um <laughs> he lost a quote, he had lost a bit of speed as he tried to avoid hitting the moose. But then he hit the bear. Um, we're currently tracking the bear. We found tro- traces of blood indicating internal injuries. Yeah, he was hit by a car. <laughs> well, that's that's a pretty incredible statement, too. We found traces of blood. They haven't seen the bear. Traces of blood indicating internal injuries. Yeah. So I, I've taken a few semesters of physiology and anatomy. I work in the healthcare in- industry. And as far as I know, there's no way to take a blood sample and say this came from inside or outside of the <laughs> yeah. body. And and how are you bleeding from an internal injury? Doesn't there have to be at least a scratch there somewhere? I know that's what I'm saying. I'm just guessing that maybe he pulled a little of the fur off or something. Just guessing. <laughs> so that's just that's the worst luck ever. So that's like anti-lottery luck. Right well, there. Uber Geek has a friend that's right up there with him. Had a buddy who rear-ended a cop on his way home from getting his license. <laughs> That's awesome. Can we have him on the show? Yeah. I had a friend who got a who got a uh, traffic ticket while he was taking his driving test. <laughs> <laughs> Performed an illegal U-turn with the guy in the car with him, and a cop pulled him over and gave him a ticket. That is awesome. <laughs> Did the instructor tell him to take that U-turn? Well, it was one of those things where the instructor said, like, uh, you know, go up here and we're going to turn around. We're going to go head back to the DMV. And so he just pulled a Louie and just did a U-turn right there in the road. He was nervous. He was 16. He didn't know what was going on, you know. I, I, I'm just, go ahead. I, I was going to say, I, I can imagine the look on the cop's face when he comes up and there's the guy sitting there with the clipboard in the passenger seat. <laughs> the officer, because it's police officers who do that, usually That's state true. troopers. Yeah, that's funny. I once got a ticket on a test drive. Um, yeah, I was test driving a vehicle and uh, was I took a corner a little too fast. And a cop pulled me over uh, and said that I was driving recklessly. Uh, with, like, 
the salesman sitting in the back seat, you know, uh, no registration, nothing for the car, obviously, because he wasn't mine. Um, he actually wrote me out a ticket for uh, something like reckless something. It wasn't speeding. I wasn't technically speeding. I just took the turn faster than I should have. Um, yeah. Reckless endangerment. Yeah. If that wasn't it, that should be. That's the name of a hot new contemporary group. <laughs> Restless ambition. Uh, moving right along. Uh, I'm, this is, there's lots of different ways to this, but my, my take on this one is a restaurant will agree to pay you not to be a tool. Uh, this is an LA restaurant. Uh, and I just dropped, forgot the name of it. I'll come up with it in just a second. But anyway, um, Eva, Eva restaurant. There we go. Uh, uh, has had this policy for a while, but it just sort of became big news. They have, uh, you get a 5% discount off your bill. If you check your cell phone at the door. Like you give your cell phone to the receptionist or to your waitress when you sit down, they'll take five percent off your bill. And uh, the the owner says that I'm that she's big into uh, um, family, and she it, she frustrated her to see people uh, sitting around staring at their phones instead of talking to each other, and so she wanted to give them a little incentive to uh, talk. And uh, you know there are other stories that uh, stores that just say no cell phones or uh, there there's cell phone penalties at some place, you know. You know what? I'll give her ten percent extra if she'll answer all my calls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, I, I usually don't use my phone at the table, but like after the meal, when we're sitting around or even before the meal sometimes, you know, when we're just waiting. Uh, particularly when my kid of course sometimes my phone is the only way I can entertain my children while we're waiting for the food. <laughs> Here, ha- use play with this. Uh, so I, I think it's worth 5% to me to keep my phone, but uh, I, I understand at least the feel-good motive behind it. Yeah. I mean, I would be happy to pay a 5% penalty if I was allowed to keep my phone. Exactly. Yeah, Uber Geek in the chat room says he carries a spell, spare cell phone, one to give them to get the dis- discount and one to use uh, behind the menu. Uh, so. Well, so so if if I give her my cell phone, then my wife gives her her cell phone. Do I get ten percent now? Uh, I there think you, you each get five percent. Maybe I don't know. Don't 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 overcomplicate things. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, part of me thinks, yeah, that's kind of cool. Another part of me thinks it's none of your dang business. Just serve me my food and send me on my way. Well, but that is a a private facility so they can do what they want to they can indeed absolutely so uh in our first show back after almost three months away more than three months away it's only fitting that we have a story about florida, florida. <laughs> welcome to florida miami florida uh not only do we this story has everything it has dumb burglars it has florida and it has Animal. the elderly and it has and, animals. And it has animals. It's perfect. So, uh, and and I'm going to read the story to you, but I have a question at the end of the story. Police are looking for two people. They say stole more than 500 canaries from the home of an 87-year-old Florida man. Police They've been say, living solely off of marijuana. <laughs> Police say the men entered Manuel Sanchez's home on May 27th and took the birds. The next day, they sold the birds at at least three pet shops. Canaries are valued at $30 each, which means they're worth a total of $15,000. Police on Wednesday asked the public for help in identifying the suspects. 
All right, here's my question. Why did the dude have 500 birds? Right. Police were able to recover about 150 of them. <laughs> what are maybe, they pets? Uh, maybe he was getting ready to start a giant um a giant mining company. <laughs> everybody gets a canary. Come on everybody. Pick, pick up your hard head, pick up your canary. Uh, I mean that's that's like the crazy cat lady times a thousand. Well, I think I'm I'm just betting that this guy had a business. And I'm I'm also betting it was zoned R three. If they'd have found out about it, they'd have shut him down. But yeah, it says it was his home, right? It wasn't his place of business, it wasn't a pet store, it wasn't a wholesaler. It was just a guy at a house who happened to have five hundred canaries. Well, he he is eighty four, so And how do you go about fencing a canary anyway? <laughs> you just walk up to a random pet shop and say, You know, I happen to have about you know, five hundred canaries. You want some of them? Hey kid. Would you like to buy a canary? <laughs> that reminds me of something that happened to me just this week. I was filling up with gas at a, across from work, um, and a guy pulls up behind me in a truck and says, Hey, sir. Yes. Would you like a home theater system? I'm, I'm sorry, what? I have a home theater system. Would you like another one? No, thank you. And he drove away. That was the whole interchange. It was very weird. That is interesting. Welcome to the big city. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If that had happened in commerce, it'd have been, "Hey, sir, you want a cow? Yeah. <laughs> I got an extra calf. I just had birth. It's in the back of the truck here. You want it?" <laughs> and, and so I was thinking, you know, if you're just gonna throw one in the truck, sure, go right ahead. I'll I'll take it off your hands. But uh, honestly, I wasn't even willing to have that much of a conversation because the dude pulled up behind me at a gas station and asked yeah. me if I want a home theater system. Where does that come from? Walmart. Uh, obviously i'm just guessing i'm going out on a limb here and saying it may have been hot a wee bit warm yes could be could be um anyway that's just random slice of life yeah welcome welcome to the city country boy yeah all right this Uh, go ahead aaron i'll just say one of my dad's friends bought a vcr one time back in the day when vcrs were the thing you bought off of a corner street vendor in houston and got home, and it was bricks. That box. <laughs> Literally bricks. All right. This next story I'm calling These Crappy Ads. Uh, two uh, businessmen in Ann Arbor, Michigan, uh, have a, a startup firm called the Star Toilet Paper, where they give away free toilet paper with ads on them. So you go to a restaurant or a hotel or whatever, and they say, hey, how much toilet paper do you want? And each square of the toilet paper will have a coupon or an ad or some, time, uh, some type of ad on it. And their tagline is, don't rush, look before you flush. Wow. Ad-supported toilet paper. That's awesome. <laughs> is, is there no place safe, right? It's like there's there's the 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 pooping stool as as Larry the cable guy calls it. That's like the last bastion of privacy in the world. Right? Before you know there'll be like pop-up toilets. You know, <laughs> I don't even know where to go with this. Who were they just sitting around? He was he guy was sitting on the throne one day and he said, "You know, that uh that Toilet paper is awfully bland. I would like to be reading some ads right now. Well, he, he's thinking 
I don't, I don't have anything to read, and I've got all this paper right next to me with nothing right. on it. This is wasted time, just, just time sitting here for no reason. I would like to be able to read some commercial advertisements. I, I was hoping one day that you know the government does lots of totally, totally, totally useless um, surveys and studies. I would like to see a government study on what percentage of books have been read in the restroom in the world. I think it's way up there. I think 80% of all privately owned books have been read the rest of it. I'm just thinking. <laughs> I have two copies of Big Uncle John's Big Bathroom Reader. I have two of those. Um, I think every magazine yeah, yeah. has been. I think about that every time I loan a book to somebody. I think I read this in the bathroom. Probably. <laughs> yeah, and so care. the some, some quotes on it. It's like, who doesn't need toilet paper? Everybody uses it, you know? Um, I, so you have to make a choice then, right? <laughs> yeah. I've just, I've just pulled off some paper. You know, I have a, a deed that must be done, but I glance at it before I stick it behind me and go, Hey, that's kind of a cool. So I've got to save this now. So I have to, I have this choice now of, of, of carrying out the final thing or somehow saving this piece of paper so i can tear off this one square where do i put it while i finish what it is i'm going to i can't put it in my pocket because that's laying on the floor of the bathroom i I gotta read this one quote one advertiser northside grill in ann arbor says it's too early to judge the results it's just getting rolling said jim (laughs) coley northside's owner (laughs) that's Uh, awesome anyway and that just that it made me laugh. Ads are everywhere. Well, they're pretty smart too because it features coupons that can be redeemed on their website. So they also get traffic, ad traffic back on their site. I'm sure. Yeah. So would could you like order custom ones or those? So like at the subway, you're you're using their bathroom right now. You can get a free sandwich when you're done. Um, you know, with the coupon. I'm wondering if it's more like, hey, we'll supply you free toilet paper for your business. Yeah, that's because it it's ad supported. They're paying for it, so you don't know what you're selling in your crapper. Right? <laughs> Somebody come out waving a piece of. Do you realize you're supporting Chick Fil A? <laughs> well, well, wipe your but, rear with it. Show them how right. you feel. That's right. That's right. You can finally do what you what. This is what you've always wanted to do with all those ads on the internet. Actually, I revoke all of my previous comments. This is brilliant. This is the way you can finally get back at all those people who try to sell you Viagra in your email. Politician toilet paper. Ah, it's perfect. Political slogans. Or just, you know, a roll of elephants and a roll of donkeys. <laughs> that would be awesome as a, as a gag gift to give your super Democratic or super Republican friend a roll of the opposite party's toilet paper. Yeah, like the Romney roll. Uh-huh. <laughs> or even just the generic. I mean, it, that, would, that would be, I think that would actually sell. All right. And the last story... Also very fitting for the periodic table. It comes from Salisbury, Maryland. Um, Officials on the Eastern shore arrested a 22 year old man after they said he broke into a home, stripped down to his underwear, began cooking a chicken pot pie (laughs) in the victim's kitchen. (laughs) <laughs> Russell Neff, 22 years old of Salisbury, was arrested Wednesday after Wimico County Sheriff's deputy said he broke into their home. The homeowner told deputies that he ran upstairs after he began beating on his front door around 1030. When uh, he eventually did get into the home, where police say they found him sitting in a chair in the living room in his underwear, get ready for it, 
licking the remote control. <laughs> does, does it go on to say that he then bolted from the house, ran across the town, and began to strangle a goat? <laughs> While using ad-supported toilet paper. The chicken pot pie is funny, but the licking the... Did he spill some... But no, the pot pie was still in the oven, so what uh, was on the remote? But the best line is, 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 is down a little further, Mark. The sheriff's office said Ness resisted arrest, but was eventually taken into custody and charged with burglary, theft of a chicken pot pie, <laughs> malicious destruction of property, and resisting arrest. Hey, while you're writing up those charges, be sure you get that chicken pot pie. And that was one of those Marie calendars. Those things are expensive. That was a $7 pie. Yeah, you, you, you kidding me? <laughs> what? Wow. What? What possesses a man to break through a locked door, pull your pants off, go cook something, and then sit out and lick the remote? I think maybe... Demons? <laughs> the devil? <laughs> That's crazy talk. I think maybe he had 53 pounds of marijuana previously. <laughs> so, yeah. Uber Geek in the chat room says, did they take the pot pie as evidence? It's a good question. Yeah, really. They had to recover it later. <laughs> oh, that's a perfect way to round out the story. Um, I mean, round out the show. That's just, people are crazy. And thank you for being crazy people because you give us no shortage of topics on this right. show. It's crazy. So this is the part of the show where we go around and say uh, how you can contact us so that people can call you on the carpet for stupid things you said. Starting with you, Mr. Jim Redneck Beeson, go. Twitter, Jim Beeson, and uh, also we didn't have enough uh, for the uh, scumbag of the week, so we need everybody's help to give us more nominees. Yeah, I, nom I intentionally the one nominee really clear just that. didn't didn't yeah. do it. You know, I I, w I was avoiding scumbag articles because they tend to be a be a downer. So I that's on me. I I was looking for more lighthearted stuff. Okay, well if that's what you want to do. It's your show, so <laughs> that's right. And don't you forget it. Yes, sir. Now, the fact is, this is your show, Jim, and all the other listeners out there. So if you want to... Uh, it's the People's Show. It's the people, The People's Republic of Opie. Um, if, you, if you have a... I'll wash the People's truck. <laughs> okay, we need a flag then. Somebody make a flag. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, with Ron Howard on it. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, if you have a show topic uh, like Jim did or like Corey did, Jim sent some of these in. I didn't give him credit because I forgot to... Um, uh, Corey uh, sent some of these in, but uh, yeah, you can email us at, uh, just go to the elementop.com uh, website, use the contact us button, that's a good way to do it, or email it to me, mark at elementop.com. Uh, Twitter is a good way to do it, just tweet at elementopi, I'll see those things. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook, post something there, uh, maybe Aaron will read it, because I don't ever look at the Facebook, but I know he does. Uh, <laughs> but we encourage you to be a part of the show uh, by participating, submitting links, giving us comments, feedbacks. Weird stuff that goes on in your life. Do I get to tell yes, people sir. how to contact me? Please. Uh, yeah, I was oh. going to get there. I was. Right. You seemed so definitive at the end of that. I was, I was, I was just... ready for you to say goodbye and hang up like the lady on uh, on uh, the uh, weakest link. Skype. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. Uh, so anyway, yeah, Aaron, please tell people how they can contact you and why they should contact you. You know, you should contact me because it makes me have high self-esteem and feel good about myself. And feel like, you know, gosh darn it, people like me. Uh, but seriously. 
<laughs> if you want to contact me, the easiest way is double A R O N. That's Aaron A A R O N. One A, another A, a single R, an O N. At one meal one workout dot com. That's the number one meal number one workout dot com. Uh, and uh, or you could just join in our podcast on Wednesday nights at eight o'clock Eastern time and learn about food and fitness and trying to be a little healthier. Shameless, shameless, shameless plug. Yes, I'm giving away a free service to try to help people. There's nothing to be shamed about. <laughs> maybe you like should giving away free food in R3. Yeah, maybe you so should something. include toilet paper with every episode. Because <laughs> then your show could go cry- straight to the crapper. I want. Uh, I want right. to say one other thing to the peeps out there, Mark and Aaron. It's what? It's eleven nineteen where y'all are at. Yeah. You're correct, and, sir. Uh, so they can use the help. You know, I, I threw some uh, some links, but the more links you can throw at him, the less work that Mark has to do. Remember, he does six shows, and uh, he has to get up early in the morning. Yes, I do. Not as early as I used to. I'm yawning. Yeah. All right, guys. <laughs> Thanks for being on the show. Jim, Aaron, it was great to have you back. All you listeners out there, it was even greater to have you all back. So uh, thanks for listening. And for now, that ends this episode of The Periodic Table.